This is Fragmented, an Android developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better Android developers. I'm Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. Before we get going, though, we would like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Hired. And you can find them at hired.com slash fragmented. And Hired is a website which helps you get a job, you know, helps you get hired. Now, here's the thing that I really like about Hired. Um, let's go a little story here. Every time I've ever tried to find a job or anything of that nature, I don't know how much they're offering. And that's, it's very rare in my experience for a company to say, look, we are going to offer X amount for this job. Now it does happen from time to time, but it's probably not the norm. And that's kind of frustrating because then once you get through the whole interview process, you might find out that you're being lowballed on the offer, which is kind of frustrating. The great thing about all the postings at Hired is that all of the salary and equity is displayed up front so you know what you're working with. Furthermore, they have full-time and contract opportunities. So if you're someone like me who doesn't work full-time, you can also go there and try to get some contract opportunities. They work with big companies and they also work with startups. So they're all over the place. Depends on what environment you like to work in. And it's totally free for you as a user. It doesn't cost you a dime. So if you're looking for a job, the last thing you want to do is usually spend more money so you can sign up for free. I've known folks to have weird conversations with their boss over lunch sometimes when the boss will say, so I saw your profile on XYZ job site. Uh, Why are you looking for a new job? Well, no one really wants to have that conversation and hired. You can hide your profile from your current employer and anyone else that you may not want to see it. Now, if you get a job through Hired, they'll actually give you a $1,000 thank you bonus. And that's like unheard of. That's awesome. Now, here's the real awesome part, though, is if you go to Hired.com slash Fragmented and you get a job from that, you'll then get a bonus doubled. So you'll then get $2,000 extra when you accept that job. So if you're interested, check it out. It's Hired.com slash Fragmented. Thanks again, Hired. Okay, so last week, we tried something new. We tried a new episode format called a decompress episode. And from the listeners, we'd like to ask you guys to please let us know if it's an episode format that you enjoyed. Was it something that you would like to hear again from us? We really thrive off of and follow the direction of our listeners, you know, in a very, I guess, lean development kind of aspect. So please let us know if you enjoyed that style of episode. If we should do more like again in the future, you can let us know through the contact page on fragmentedpodcast.com. You can send Kaushik or I a tweet, or you can do uh, send a tweet to our shared account, which is fragmentedcast on Twitter. Yep. So, Kashik, what are we going to talk about today? We pushed this episode, I guess, uh, uh, for the last two weeks. It, it some something kept coming up. We always like hit something interesting, and we kept bouncing off this episode. But I guess we're at it today. So, what we have done is we have scoured the whole of uh, the internet. Well, I mean, <laughs> for what it's worth, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have tried to collect all the resources for uh, the end developer preview and. Essentially, what we want to do in this episode is highlight the biggest changes that we feel as an Android developer, you should probably be aware of, or you might just find interesting. Yeah, and Android N is like is not a small update either. It's got a whole bunch of stuff in it, but given our objective here in Fragmented to kind of keep our episodes nice and tight, we're only going to highlight the parts of N that we find probably that the most interesting to us and to hopefully to you, the the listeners. So this is not a complete comprehensive list of things inside of N. It's just the top list. Yep, that makes sense. But uh, what we'll do is we'll also point our listeners to the resources that we looked at. So if you are curious about a certain feature and you want to go and dive in depth and look at the nitty gritty details and all the good stuff, uh, we'll point in the show notes all the resources and the links that you should be looking at uh, for getting all that good info. Exactly. And I think a couple of kind of a 
a note here that's important is that N is in developer preview, meaning that it's changing very rapidly from underneath you. So it doesn't make sense for us to do really deep dives on these topics, which is why we're not going to do that today. Uh, but new features do come out. And when they do come out, please rest assured let, that we will come out with episodes and discuss them in great detail. A word of caution, though. Since N is in a developer preview, it's probably a good decision to not upgrade your primary phone <laughs> unless you have it backed up or you have another backup primary phone uh, covered. It's not going to work as well as the most recent stable version of Android. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I resisted the urge as well. I wanted to do it and I was like trying to fish for some sort of thing on Twitter, basically asking people. And then everyone was, stop being a dummy. Don't do it. They're totally right. Don't do it. Don't mess with your primary phone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. So we have a very long road to cover. So let's just get started and start punching through these features one by one, because there's a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Down the yellow brick road. There you go. <laughs> All right. So the very first thing, let's just get this out of the way. I'm sure this is something that everyone was talking about uh, to begin with. Lambdas. So yes, RxJava lovers, we finally, finally have... Lambdas. So no need of using any third party library, even if uh, you're using retro Lambda before, like you just get that basically for free now. The great thing is it's also backported, which basically means all the way up to, I think, gingerbread. So oh, wow. on Android versions, as far as uh, gingerbread, you basically get Lambdas. But there are a couple of caveats. So it isn't necessarily that straightforward. Uh, there are some things that uh, we probably have to watch out for. So the first thing is in order to use Lambdas, you don't have to change anything with respect to your app necessarily directly, but you do change a whole bunch of things. For example, A, you need at least Android Studio 2.1, which is, I think, the Canary uh, preview build. I'm not sure where beta is at now, uh, but in any case, you need Android Studio 2.1. So a lot of the things on the tool side change. The other thing is the Jack tool chain, and it's actually pretty straightforward to add these instructions in. We'll add a link in the show notes to where you can basically do that. Now, a, a quick note about uh, Jack and, and Jill. If you're not familiar with what Jack is or, or what it what it stands for, a Jack is an abbreviation for Java Android Compiler Kit, and Jill stands for Jack Intermediate Library Linker. Yep. Again, we'll add a link to the show notes to where you can enable this. Uh, a couple of warnings if you are fully going to go gung-ho with this whole uh, Lambda stuff. A, if you use the Jack toolchain, Instant Run basically doesn't work. Now, if you're compiling against Android N, be aware that you have to upgrade to JDK8. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to upgrade to the entire Jack toolchain, but it just means that you just must upgrade to the JDK8, so the Java Development Kit 8. One point that I was always curious about with respect to Lambdas specifically is, do Lambdas hold a reference to the class outside? Previously, in the case of pure Java 8 Lambdas, assuming we were in, in this wonderful world where we have like Java 8 straight up, Lambdas don't hold a reference to your enclosing class unless they need it, which means like click listeners and a whole bunch of these cases where we use Lambdas regularly, we're good to go. We don't have a reference. So your activity, your uh, fragment, we don't have any references to the outside enclosing class, which is great. The problem is with the Jack toolchain, it essentially emulates Lambda. So what it does is it actually creates these anonymous inner classes inside. So it sort of fakes the Lambda approach. I got a little confused because uh, there was this Android developers backstage episode where I think uh, it, 
it's the 45th episode and it's called State of Art where they actually go into a whole bunch of details. So we'll add a link to that in the show notes. And if you're curious, you can listen to that as well. But in that episode, they really stressed uh, pretty heavily the fact that, uh, you know, this is just a dumb, anonymous inner class. Don't expect anything else. Uh, and that made me feel a little doubtful. I was like, oh, do they actually purely only use, anon- do they do like a dumb conversion of anonymous uh, inner class, which means, again, like, are we not sure about it holding the reference? Uh, the big TLDR here is like, no, actually, it's it's cool. It's exactly the same way that both Retro Lambda and Java 8 Lambdas work in that if you need a reference inside the Lambda to the enclosing class, then obviously it does keep a reference, in which case you have to be careful about leaks uh, and stuff. But if you don't have a reference, so inside your Lambda, you don't use anything that's uh, referred to outside, then you're good to go. It doesn't hold a reference and you're safe. So the first time I asked this question, I wasn't sure. Uh, this is before even it came with N. And I think it was Jake. Jake Wharton basically said, uh, well, it doesn't. And I was like, well, how do you know? I mean, like, how do you find out? And he said, like, you can use this thing called Java P, uh, which is essentially you can look at the compiled down code. So this thing looks uh, very similar to machine code. It's not very pleasant. Like it, it, if you know Java, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean you can read this stuff. Uh, so I tried to find my way around. So I actually tried uh, the Rx Java samples repository. I have a branch where I use Java 8, uh, where I use the Jack tool chain and I use all of this. And I noticed it looks very similar. So that's a good note. So I've confirmed it that way. But then we went one step further. And most of the things on Android is actually open source. So Google open sources a whole bunch of things. And I've actually added two links uh, where they host the source code for Android on Jarrett or whatever they call that system. Uh, word of warning, if you clone that repository, it'll take forever because it is a huge repository. Yes. Yes. But I will add two links to places where uh, uh, they actually have a reference to the Jack Builder uh, class. So you can actually look at the exact class that they use and you can see the portion where they make a reference to the Lambda stuff. And they say the exact same thing. So that's the whole story. Uh, I know a whole bunch of folks are always curious about whether the Lambdas will hold reference. Well, you have your answer. You're good to go. So just for those of you not familiar with Java P, that's actually a, a tool. So it's just, you know, Java, the lowercase letter P right after it. So just five letters, Java P. And that's the Java class file disassembler. It helps you just disassemble class files. So if you're interested in knowing. Now, there is a warning that I do want to uh, let you know about Jack and Jill. Annotation processing is supported in the jack.jar file, but there is no Gradle interface currently. It's good to note though that the folks over at Google are working on it at this time, and we'll put a link in the show notes to the ticket on Google's code repository where you report the issues. And Hugo Visser, I am sorry if I am butchering your last name, but he and I discussed it this morning and he pointed me to this ticket and it looks like it's a high priority ticket that's currently in progress. So that means that Google is working on it. So that is very good. Now, there's a bunch of other Java 8 features that are coming along with this new update Android N, and one of them is going to be default and static interface methods. And so note that this is not backward compatible. And to even bring this forward, a lot of these things that are maybe coming up that are coming from Java 8 are not going to be backwards compatible, which is kind of unfortunate because it requires Android N. And for most of you, if you've been developing Android applications for any given amount of time, you'll notice that well, you can't just really just target the latest uh, release because there's no one really using it. And so the, ma- the majority of the market is going to be using a older version, which unfortunately means that a lot of these features we probably really won't be able to heavily rely upon for a few years from now, which is which is unfortunate. All right. So another change that's coming in. Uh, this is a really small one, but I thought we should just throw it in. 
they're finally deprecating activity instrumentation test case two, my favorite name in the world, uh, and activity test case. And essentially, they're going to go whole hog with just JUnit 4. Uh, so at this point, if you have not already switched to JUnit 4, you totally should because it's just infinitely better. So post N, we're going to have only JUnit 4. And so on to the next feature here. This is probably one of the biggest, uh, I think, for end users as well as developers that are going to impact both of us uh, a lot. And that is multi-window features. So basically that means as a user, you can have more than one app running on your screen. Now, that's maybe not what you're thinking where you can kind of tab between different apps. It's not like that. It's where you actually have maybe an app. Think of a tablet. You know, you're sitting in portrait style. You want something up top, it takes up half the screen. You want another app at the bottom, it takes half the screen. A perfect example of this would maybe be you're looking at doing some research in Chrome on the top part, and then down below you have Evernote running. And so you can just kind of tight, tap back and forth and do your research and take notes and so forth. So it's very, very, very uh, important. And I think it's going to be used by a lot of users and also be requested by a lot of users, depending upon what your application is. And uh, this is also one that is going to have like a crazy huge impact for us as developers, just because... Uh, Let's talk about like some of the intricacies, right? So yeah. A is the life cycle, right? Our beloved life cycles, uh, what's going to happen? Because if you have more than one app on the screen, does that mean two of these apps are going to have like on resume, on start and all those good stuff happening? Well, the answer is no. Uh, the good thing is in terms of the implementation, it's exactly the same. Everything remains exactly the same. At any point of time, you will have only one application be live. And as you keep switching apps, the on pause lifecycle method is called on the app that's also visible, but is basically going off essentially the other one on resumes. And so it keeps juggling between the two. It at no point are any of these two applications stopped, which means the on stop lifecycle is not called. So if you have like maybe a video playing or like you have other sort of activity happening in the background uh, of that app, which is also visible to the user, that still continues. So this is actually the one place where it's an advantage having this life, this super complicated life cycle. So who knew it actually would come to some use? We'd <laughs> <laughs> be glad to see it for once. So speaking of that, you know, we have different life cycle events uh, and we also have the other side of the coin, which is the grateful configuration change that everybody loves so much. You know, due to the virtue of having all of these apps launched side by side in different orientations, uh, we really need to make sure that we're handling them well. So for all you folks out there that don't really write any code inside of your on configuration change, well, it might be time to start looking into that. Um, okay, so speaking about orientation, so one thing that does make it a little tricky now is your app might just keep switching between portrait and landscape modes. And it's kind of interesting because if you take your device, uh, it's basically in the portrait form. If someone decides to just like to split two apps, so have an app aligned at the top and an app aligned at the bottom, essentially what happens is both of those apps are now in landscape orientation. So your device may be in portrait mode because yeah. in, in the end, it just boils down to that, right? Like if width is greater than height, then that is a landscape mode. <laughs> if height is greater than width, then it is a portrait mode. So you have to be extra careful about this. So you have to test your device a whole bunch, especially with smaller resources, bigger resources. Uh, yeah, just you got to watch out for all of these things. Uh, and another point is you can lock your orientation. So you can say, no, I want my app to run only in portrait mode or uh, or only in landscape mode. I don't know if anyone does that, but you can basically force your orientation. So that brings up a question. What happens now? So if you lock your orientation, does it work with this multi-window app approach? Well, the answer is it would work in the same way, but you cannot take advantage of the multi-window features. So if you lock your orientation, basically you're saying, hey, I'm opting out of uh, the whole multi-window thing. 
There are a couple of nuances. For example, I know some people try to force the orientation during runtime or like maybe the app just like you have a feature where you say, hey, actually don't keep switching between modes. If you do it on runtime, that is completely ignored. So if you have, uh, there's this flag called set requested orientation. If you actually add that bit of code, that's just completely ignored. So watch out for that. If you rely on that working, uh, that's not going to work in a way that you would expect with this whole multi-window approach. Now, if, you're, if your application, if you've built it and you're targeting SDKN, then by default, you are saying, hey, I am enabling my app to be multi-window capable. Now, you can change these different settings inside of the manifest. For example, you can say resizable activity, uh, and you set that to false, meaning that you're opting out of this multi-window functionality. Uh, you can also provide layout tags to specify your minimal size. So using your default widths and heights, the same kind of thing that we've been used to doing for different tablet sizes and phone sizes and, and so forth. Now, the one cool thing about this current implementation of the multi-window support is because we have dealt with these different size devices before and these different resolutions, uh, Android will be smart enough to choose the correct configuration, the correct size of your layouts and the resources that you've put into your application. So if it's going to be, you know, you know, minimal width of certain size, it'll choose that layout over this and different graphics and so forth. Uh, and as usual, if you can, you should be trying to use vector drawables wherever you can because they just scale and it makes it 10,000 times easier. And if furthermore, regarding the vector drawables, performance is supposedly supposed to be improved greatly over within. Uh, there's some new low-level improvements, but again, that's only on N at this time. So we'll have to cover that in another update. Okay, so that was multi-window. That was like a huge update, uh, especially for developers. You got to watch out for a whole bunch of things. The next one is uh, Project Svelte. Svelte, I guess. Svelte, you say? <laughs> Uh, What'd you call me? Swelting. <laughs> oh, whoa, hey, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, uh, so this is, again, a huge thing that a whole bunch of us have to watch out for. And I think it was, again, it was Mark Murphy who said, this is very interesting because it's like an iceberg kind of feature. So on the front, it looks like very calm and like small. And it looks like, oh, that's a cool feature. Like we get improvements. But below, like they're changing a whole bunch of things that can like possibly uh, break your app. So, you know, if you want to monitor for network connectivity, you use this attribute called connectivity action. Yeah. So you register mm -hmm. for it with like a broadcast receiver and essentially uh, on your manifest, you say, hey, like I want to be listening to this stuff. Whenever there's a change in the network connectivity, wake my app up and start doing these things. They're saying, no, we are not going to allow you to basically do that. Wow. But it's a little different in that if your app is already running, then you can actually listen to it directly. So that, that isn't an issue. But if you expect your app to be woken up because of like this, uh, a change in this connectivity, then you're in trouble because that uh, they don't essentially allow that. And that's what happens now, right? By default. Yes, yes, yes. Your app and woken I up, guess I the, the way they were pitching this is basically what happens now is if you have like 10 apps that listen to this, essentially what's going to happen is boom, everything just like starts waking up and it freezes your phone basically because five or ten applications are trying to like get uh, your focus and try to do things <coughs> Facebook. so, <laughs> so uh, that's a huge change so watch out for that uh, make sure that your app is uh, being a good citizen and you take care of uh, those issues along that same vein uh, they're also changing the way your app wakes up for things like new picture and new video so uh, i know and this is like actually a legitimate use that some people essentially use uh it for anytime you take a photo then you want your app to basically do some crazy things run a filter on the background do like a whole bunch of uh, stuff 
that is again not going to be allowed the question again uh, pops up is like okay so with all of this like how are we going to manage that like how are we going to actually try to get stuff done right like if your app truly requires this feature and the answer is job scheduler so job scheduler they're put like it's very clear they're pushing job scheduler in a big way so uh, and again big probably going to be we have this in our bucket list as well we're definitely going to talk about a uh, job scheduler in one whole episode the tldr is you basically have to start switching to job scheduler to get a whole bunch of these things good and it's probably a good thing because then you'll be a good citizen and you'll just like bunch things up correctly we also have something new as well newer on top of everything else we said already and that's part of the runtime that's going to be shipping with android n and that's AOT has been improved. And for those of you not familiar with AOT, it is ahead of time compilation. And that's something that was basically shipped with uh, art and it basically improves your app performance. And there's just a bunch of improvements that are coming down the pipe here within. Yeah. And I guess like the background here was uh, essentially Dalvik was an interpreted uh, compiler to begin with. Then uh, they moved to uh, JIT, which is a just in time. Yep. And then after that, with art, mm-hmm. they brought in, as you rightly said, AOT, which is ahead of time. Uh, but they're changing this again. And so now it's a combination of both a JIT and an AOT. And this is what like Chet, like we'll add another link to the DroidCon SF keynote where Chet and Romain talk about uh, this. Now it's, so he says like, oh, it's still AOT, but it's called all of the time <laughs> <laughs> instead of ahead of the time. So uh, the Android ADB, a podcast link that we mentioned, they go into a whole bunch of these details. Like basically the people who created this uh, dive into the details. So on to the next topic here. Uh, we got some new notifications. If you've seen any of the screenshots or you've installed a preview, you've noticed immediately that probably the, one of the first things I noticed was that the notifications completely changed. Uh, and I wasn't sure at first if I liked it. I liked it because it was cleaner. But at the same time, it just looks so much differently that it kind of confused me. I don't know, did it confuse you at all? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, because what also confused me is the fact that I didn't understand what changed other than just like a UI stuff, right? So like as an Android developer, does anything change? Mm-hmm. What they've done is actually the standard templates that we're used to using. I'm not sure what, uh, like there are like a whole bunch of those styles. I, I don't remember exactly what they are. Like big card or something like that or like small or yeah inbox i remember that one inbox style notification so they've essentially changed those templates to work in a different way and i guess the emphasis now is like they add like an avatar preview and like a whole bunch of things uh like you said i guess they've just they've added a nice shiny layer to it so that it's changing the reason we bring it up i guess is also if that's changing you probably want to test that with your existing notifications to see how they look mm-hmm. yeah exactly now, like there's also there's like the direct reply, and I think Hangouts you experience it being kind of uh, janky at least. Is that correct? So I know Hangouts implemented this feature, and I thought this was always there, but then only then did I realize. So what Hangouts does is like this super janky thing where like they have <laughs> you. I mean, like because I mean the operating system didn't permit it, so actually it's like kind of a genius thing that they did. So uh, they should get credit for it, but you can. When you get notifications from your lock, lock screen and stuff, have you noticed this when you use Hangouts? Like there's a reply button there. And if you hit the reply, like it pops up this window. So you can basically inline just like reply and you're off to the races. Yep. Yeah, I've done that all the time. Yeah. So, but the problem with that is like that's not natively built into the platform. So what they're doing is they're, the minute you hit reply, they actually pop up the system like overlay dialogue and they actually try to uh, simulate the fact that it's sort of 
in line, but really it, it isn't like natively available. Yeah, it's just like a transparent like activity or something. Yeah, yeah, some uh, along those lines. So iOS, I know historically has had this feature. So they've basically brought it in now on Android. So we have native, nice, clean implementation uh, with this. So yeah, we should probably do an episode on notifications sometime. Oh, absolutely. I think it's already in our list. <laughs> so we have that in our list as well. Uh, and I think it'll be interesting because it is one of the most powerful parts of the Android platform. All right, so let's move on to the next one here. And the next one that we are going to talk about is the changes in permissions. And so what this means for you Android developers out there is that there are some permission changes like multi-window, which is a big one to watch out for. So again, we talked about that earlier for multi-window, if you're going to support it or not. There's also another one called scoped directory access, which this one is actually one that I wish was there a long time ago. For example, if your alarm apps just want alarm directory access or camera just wants to take pictures for the folder access, you now can scope the directory access for each of those types of permissions. That's pretty cool. So then the alarm app that you sent me now will no longer look at all my passwords and all my documents and all my secret stuff. This is Basically, I can prevent that from happening. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess this is an improvement on like the permissions model that they brought in with uh, Marshmallow. Yeah, I, it's, it's funny because this is, I thought about this when I started back in 2008 with the first phone. I thought, well, multiple apps can, everybody wrote to the SD card back then. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, if I know the path to another app's files, I can just go in and wipe those files out or whatever. <laughs> so it's kind of like one of those things. So it's good to see that this different directory access stuff is, is being locked down. So we do have a, another permission change, uh, the infamous get accounts, which users will literally flip their lid on when they see you <laughs> requesting that in your application. And that's the permission that you need to access the account information in the account manager for Android. Usually this is used to help sign-ins when to do autocomplete, like, oh, start typing my name, you know, Don Felker, and then it shows all my email addresses that I have in there. Uh, just a simple thing, but it does freak people out when it's just like, you know, you're going to access all the account information. So that has now been deprecated. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of big. So I guess a whole bunch of applications will have to watch out for that. All right. So uh, those essentially are the biggest features. I think at this point, we've covered the big ones that you really have to watch out for. Like as in these features, you should keep an eye out because there is a very high probability that your app is going to get affected by these features with N. There are a whole bunch of other great features and we'll just like quickly, very quickly touch on these features. We're not going to even go into those details. For example, the first one is there's now an improved doze mode. So again, watch the video. We'll add a, a video link. Another feature that's coming out is called Direct Boot. And with Android N, there's a direct boot mode, which basically says when the device has been powered on, but the user has not unlocked the device, um, you can do certain things. Now, in order to use these things, you have to use certain encryption and so forth. But for example, some common use cases of apps needing to run in direct boot mode might include an app that has scheduled notifications, such as an alarm clock for like an alarm clock application. Maybe there's an important user notification like an SMS or something like that. Uh, any other type of apps that provide accessibility features like TalkBack or anything else like that. Now, when you're using direct boot mode, you need to make sure that you're using a device encrypted storage area. There's a whole bunch of information on the uh, Android developer documentation, and we'll add show notes to that if you're interested. Yep. The other feature that is one of my personal favorites, actually, is uh, audio latency. And I think we've talked about this in a very early episode I know with Android, they've been changing uh, the underlying core uh, framework so that audio latency is reduced, but they've actually improved like the, the top Java APIs that you use uh, for like a whole bunch of the media playback that you have. 
And what at least I see from the documentation is that they've brought in a 40 to 70 millisecond latency reduction. That is amazing. Like uh, you, you don't probably realize it, but if you work with audio app, apps or like core applications that make use of like the audio APIs, this is a huge win. That is definitely a big one there. I know there's been a lot of folks developing audio apps that had huge problems with that latency thing. And a lot of apps haven't even been brought over to Android because of those weird audio latencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And iOS has historically been very good at this. So it's it's great that Android is like catching up and uh, doing a great job with this. Exactly. Additionally, there's some additional ADB, Android Debug Bridge shell improvements. Uh, transfer speeds have been improved and a whole bunch of slew of other things. So if you're interested and you work a lot with ADB, be sure to look up ADB improvements on Android N. The other thing is RenderScript has been improved and uh, they've actually done a whole bunch of things where you can work with buffers uh, well. So I remember when I was working on, at Wedding Party, like uh, processing camera images was always tricky. Yeah. So they've actually added more optimization with like buffers and stuff. So uh, if you're into that and you, you, you want to do like some heavy duty image processing, then uh, you'll find some great improvements here as well. There's been additional mentions of new memory analysis tools and so forth inside of Android N. So that's very useful. I've heard that they're actually going to include full stack traces inside of ADB dumps and all different kinds of stuff like that. So you can actually trace down and see what the object that's holding the memory is and who created it and where it was created at. So there's a lot of these tools that are available in N. So that's going to be very useful. All right. And our very last one that we want to talk about is uh, quick setting. So you know how with L, I believe they brought in the top quick notification panels. So right, if you scroll the notification shade from the top, you have like these styles. Uh, they are actually opening that up, I believe. So they, they're making it more accessible and you can actually... Uh, rearrange and there's like this whole tile and tile service uh, access that they're providing so that uh, would be pretty cool definitely that's it that is a whole bunch of features that we just covered again we've very briefly just graced the top service and told the things that most android developers might find interesting i think it's important to note that when we mainly you created the notes for the uh the episode here we had close to 23 pages of notes <laughs> for Android N. Oh boy. What we just covered uh, is, I think, maybe the first not eight pages of that. Yeah. So that's how much stuff is changing in N. We didn't even get to the other two-thirds of the stuff out there. So there is so much stuff out there for Android N, and it's definitely worth your time to go take a look at it. Yeah. But along that lines, I guess what we should do now is point listeners to actually the good resources that we use to sort of like compile these notes. Uh, the first one is if you want to get started out, there's this nice YouTube uh, video link by, again, as I mentioned before, uh, Ian Lake and Joanna Smith. They've done a great job. Watch this YouTube video. We'll add a link. Again, this is super dense and I'm, I'm guessing they're having the same problem. The first time I started, I was like, oh, that's cool. But I, I missed a whole bunch of like nuances that they mentioned. Like literally every sentence that they mentioned has like some something that's like worthy of like taking note of. So it's a super dense video, but it's nice and short. So have a look at that uh, to start off. Uh, Ian is very prolific uh, inside of the developer relations team, and he has written a great Medium post on tips for preparing your app for multi-window support in Android N. So we'll post a link to that. Again, it's on Medium. Uh, great work, Ian. Thank you. The other one is, so Chet and Romain, uh, when they were here for DroidCon SF, they gave the keynote, and it was an amazing keynote. It was, I think very early on. It was a day or two after the end developer preview was uh, dropped on us. And they gave, they went through this whole, uh, I think it's like almost an hour 
where they talk about all of these features again in uh, great detail. They talk about uh, some of the nuances, the user-facing features, the developer features. So we'll add a link to that in the uh, show notes as well. This is the keynote for DroidCon SF. And finally, uh, again, we are going to mention Mark Murphy, also known as Commonsware. Uh, his work is just very very in-depth, prolific. He's everywhere. Uh, and again, he has released uh, more great material here in a blog post entitled Random Musings on the End Developer Preview. He dives in really deep into things that you want to think about, like multi-window support, how there's a new pointer icon, there's a new uh, uses feature, so you can specify that you want to use Ethernet, dives into Doze mode, data saver, JUnit testing, even way more stuff than we've even, you know, dived into here, even provides updates to this post as just recently as, uh, you know, last month when he made a few updates to that post and also provides some things to think about, like some unsolved mysteries that he says of certain intent actions that are he's not sure of what, what happens to them and what they're used for and some additional thoughts on that. So definitely check that post out on commonsware.com, which will be in the show notes. Yeah, and I think he's historically done this, right? Like with other uh, sort of previews, developer previews as well. He's always been looking at it closely and he tries to cover the things that uh, developers are interested in that you otherwise would miss from like, you know, the whole marketing keynote kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to wonder how he did all that, how he could figure out what was new. And then this was like back in Android 2 or, you know, 2.0 or 3, I forget. And then I found the uh, the page where it would show the diff. Oh, yeah, yeah. changed yeah, right. in, in Android. This is These are the new things that have come in. These are the ones that have changed. I got to find that bookmark again. So it's so useful. I'm pretty sure he's probably got to be using that and just dives in. But great stuff. Yeah. So that's about it. Those are the things that we have. Uh, if you're an Android developer, we think you'll find these features interesting. If uh, there's anything uh, super interesting that we missed out, then feel free to let us know. And then we'll share it with the other listeners in upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening. And I guess if folks want to reach out to you, Don, how should they do that? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter. That's at Don Felker with two N's. So D-O-N-N or at DonFelker.com. How do they get a hold of you, Kaushik? Uh, I am Kaushik Gopal on Twitter. So that's e- the easiest way to reach out. And as usual, if you guys want to reach us both directly or have any comments or questions, please reach us at FragmentedCast on Twitter. Once again, we want to thank Hired for sponsoring this episode of Fragmented. If you'll end up getting a job through Hired, they'll give you a $1,000 thank you bonus. But if you use our special link, Hired.com slash Fragmented, you double it up and get $2,000 when you accept a job with Hired. Once again, that's Hired.com slash Fragmented. Thank you so much for sponsoring this show, Hired. All right. Have a good end day. Da-dum-dum-tsh.